Hey, this is Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. Would really like to thank you for taking time to check out our podcast, our Sunday sermons, and our Wednesday night Bible studies. You can always share this, download it, or even find it on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, and pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. You can also find out about our church service times. We have our Sunday service at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. We're located in the Market Media Building. It's located at 203 East College Avenue, Sweet C in Divine, Texas. Plus, if you need to get any other information from the church, you can do all of this at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Here's today's teaching. Uh, Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 23. So we're going to, again, look at the response that... W- that we see now as we look at advent and that's what we're going to be doing this tonight as well as uh sunday and wednesday and it's going to be looking at the response of different uh people how they responded to the birth of christ and that's really what the series is about as we look at this and so we need to cover a couple things as we jump into the book of matthew um there was 400 years of silence uh and and there really wasn't 400 years of silence. That's what they would say. The last uh, scripture that was given was in Malachi. Uh, and, and so they hadn't heard from God for over 400 years. And, and so a lot of stuff had happened. And, and, and so over that 400 years, uh, it was pointing to the forerunner of the Messiah. And so uh, the other thing that, that was really important is there was a, a, a world language, which was Greek. Uh, and, and so everybody spoke Greek. And, and so Daniel kind of explained this. We went over this in Daniel as he, as he had the, uh, the statue for King Nebuchadnezzar. And he talked about the Babylonian rule. He talked about the, um, the Persian taking over, the Persian rule, the Medo- Mede-Persians, and, and, uh, and then the Greeks. And then eventually they would, Alexander the Great, when he was on top of the world, was a drunk. Did y'all know that? He was struggling with alcohol. He was not happy. He had everything. He had conquered the world. He ends up dividing his nations up to four generals. And, and with those four generals, they began to fight the north and the south. Uh, and, and then eventually what happened is one of the, uh, the rulers uh, brought in the, the worship of Zeus into the temple, took over Israel. And, uh, and then that's when we get the Maccabean revolt that happens. And within the Maccabean revolt, you have, uh, that's where Hanukkah comes from. Uh, because they had the, the menorah uh, that, that they lit and it, it lasted. And, and so you had lost control and then the Maccabees actually got control back of it. And then eventually the Roman Empire comes in and they take it back over again. Now you have to understand is as those four generals were fighting, what's in between the north and the south? Israel. They're stuck in the middle of this thing. Israel is the center of attention for all of this. And it still is. It still is. It's very important that we understand that. Then we had the, uh, we, and all of that stuff, even though we go through it real quickly, Daniel predicted that. Every one of those things were, uh, were fulfilled in prophecy. And then we have the Greek language, which was the common language. They took in about 285 B.C. the Hebrew 
scripture was, was translated into the Septuagint. Uh, and, and that's important because everything is being set for the scene, even for these wise men to travel 900 miles. There's actual travel routes and routes that they can go because of the Roman Empire. Uh, and so we're going to look at, uh, as we look at Matthew, one of the things we need to remember with Matthew, and the reason why I'm going over this is because we're going to be in Matthew again on Monday or on Sunday. I don't know where I'm going to be Monday. On Sunday, <laughs> we're going to be going over it. And so Matthew was actually written uh, for the Jews. It ties in all the Old Testament uh, and it and actually uh, shows Jesus as a sovereign king, where the book of Mark is written for the Romans. That's why it's so busy. It's immediately this and immediately that. And then Luke wrote the, the, uh, the book of Luke for the Greeks, which was, he, he entitled Jesus the Son of Man. And it shows Jesus as compassion. You know, again, Mark is showing him as a suffering servant. And then John's book is, is written to everyone. John speaks of, of Jesus as the Son of God. And the book was written for the whole world. And, and so when we get to this part of the story in, in Matthew chapter 2, it's one of the darkest stories of Christmas. Um, now, one of the things we need to deal with right off the bat, everything you see with the wise men, right, uh, on Christmas cards, and they're at the manger with all that. It's it's you know it's been months, six to nine months, and we'll talk about that. So we'll we'll get into that, um, and so but we do have to deal with King Herod, and and I'll talk about him a little bit more as we get into it. The thing that that we need to remember is as we look at this teaching, and 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 even as we go through the teachings, we'll be looking at the way that people respond to Christ, the birth of Christ. We'll look at the shepherd's response, Joseph's response, the chief priest's response, the, the Simeon and the prophetess Anna. Uh, all of them we're going to be looking at as, as we look at the response of, of the birth of Christ. Now, one of the things that we need to remember is as we think about the scripture is, is I love what Simeon says in, in Luke chapter 2, verse 34. We talked about him this past weekend. And Simeon blessed him and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. Many hearts, that's what Jesus does, is he, he reveals the heart. So when we talk about the response, it's the response of your heart. It's what's in there. That's why people reject Christ. Or they, you know, they, they, they respond in a way where they give their life to the Lord. And so people respond differently, but everyone is going to respond to the birth of Christ, the revealer, the revealer of hearts. And so as we look at verse 1, it says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, Behold, the wise man from the east came to Jerusalem. And so we're in Bethlehem, and we know that from Luke chapter 2, uh, verses 1 through 7. It says, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus 
that all the world should be registered. The census first took place while Canarius was governing Syria, so all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. So Joseph went, uh, Joseph went also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth uh, into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was the, uh, of the house and the lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was uh, that while they were there, uh, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room in the end. So this journey to Bethlehem for, for uh, Joseph and Mary was about 80 miles. And the other thing that we see is that, that Joseph is from the lineage of David, right? That's where he had to register. He had to go to Bethlehem. All of this stuff is, is God's ordained this, and this is going to happen. It's all prophecy being fulfilled. Mary gives birth to the, uh, the baby Jesus, and in, in divine, we would understand what a feeding trough is. And that's where the baby would have been laid down in, in a feeding trough, the manger, with animals, and all the stuff that happens with animals, you know, uh, even in the, the stalls if they're not cleaned out. And so again, the Christmas card would show the, the wise man and the manger, and, and time has passed. It's been six to seven months, or six to nine months before we see the wise man come on the scene. And it, it actually calls uh, Jesus a child. All right? It's not a baby no more. They called him a child in, in the Scripture. So we, we know that time has passed, but they also are in what? A house. They're going to be in a house. So all of this stuff, this is why, you know, uh, the, things are hijacked and, and, and people take liberty with God's word. And, and the, the Magi, the wise men, didn't come till, till six to nine months after. But Matthew provides proof of his genealogy. We're going to go over that this weekend. The place of his birth uh, and then also showing that the Messiah uh, had fulfilled the prophecies in the Old Testament. Again, it's written for the Jews. It's a, a Jewish audience that he wrote it to. And unfortunately, you know, today, sadly, the, the Jews are still waiting for the Messiah, even though he's already come. Uh, and, and so it's, it, that's, that's what's practiced there. It says in, uh, that Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea in the days of, of Herod the king. Let's talk about Herod the king just real quick. Uh, we're going to get more into Herod, but I want to just kind of give you an idea of who Herod is. Herod, Herod is actually <laughs> is evil. Herod is as somebody who had his wife's brother killed, the high priest. He drowned him and then did the eulogy for him. Herod also was going to have a thousand people killed on the day of his death. So that way at least somebody would be mourning him. Because the people despised him. And, and that's the type of man that we're dealing with. He had his sons killed. Two of their sons were killed. Had the mother-in-law killed. I mean, he, he just, you know, at the end of the day, if you said something or you did something that he didn't like, you were dead. And they, there was a saying that was said about King Herod, it's better to be Herod's dog than one of his children. 
Because he, if you said anything about any business that Herod was doing, he would kill you. If it went against the agenda. And, and so that's, that's kind of who Herod is. And as we deal with Herod, we'll, we'll, I mean, that person you kind of know is hard already. <laughs> right? But we'll, we'll get into that as we get further into the story. So we see Herod and then we also see the wise men. It says in verse 1, uh, So now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, the wise men from the east came from Jerusalem, and they came about uh, roughly around 900 miles. Now the beauty of the wise men are is they're actually Babylonians. They're Persian. And, and why would they come? What was Dan, where was Daniel at? He was in Babylon. Do you know that, that we were talking to uh, uh, the Kabachinkos and they had shared something with us uh, about Daniel's bones, where they're buried at? There was a fight between two cities, Shusa and I forget what the other city is, in Iran. They were fighting over the bones of Daniel because the other city was actually blessed and was doing well. And so they thought it was because of Daniel's bones. And so they wanted to put them in the other city. And so what they ended up doing was in the middle of the river, where the bridge is, there's a monument to Daniel to this day. Believe it or not, that's the impact that Daniel has still had on that community. The Babylonian, the Persian, which is now Iran. And it's still to this day. And I love that because one of the first things I thought about is like, what kind of impact do we make with the people that are in our lives? I, I still talk about my great-grandmother. My great-grandmother was praying for me when I didn't even know what God was or Christ was. She was doing prison ministry in her 80s. She would go in the prison. And she's about that big. And she'd go right in the jail cell and, and talk, talk to the people about Christ and minister to them. And I love this because Daniel, these wise men come because they would have known the prophecies that Daniel had written about. The wise men were actually, they're, they're Babylonians, and so they were been Chaldeans. They would have been known as, as either wise men or priests or astrologers, some would say, right? And, and so um, they would have probably looked at Daniel chapter 2, verse 2, and and, 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 you know, we see that they, there were wise men when Daniel were there. Uh, it says, Then commanded the magicians, the enchanters, the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans be summoned to tell the king his dreams. So they came in and stood before him. So we know that, uh, that there was scripture pointing to the Messiah. In Daniel chapter 2, verse 44 and 45, it says, In the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that shall never be destroyed, nor shall the kingdom be left to another people. It shall break in pieces all the kingdoms and bring them to an end, and it shall stand forever. Just as you saw that a stone was cut from a mountain by no human hand, and that it broke in pieces uh, uh, the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold, a great God has made known to the king what shall be after this. The, the dream is certain, and its interpretation is sure. So the wise men we see, and, and, and that interpretation is 
whatever's happening in the world today, His kingdom reigns. His kingdom reigns. You know, we, it's very easy for us to get wrapped up in the things of, of the world. And, and one of the things I love is these were wise men, but they were wise men that were seeking Christ. There are a lot of smart people. Smart people. I've met them. That, that could teach me under the table, which is not saying much. I mean, come on. But the thing is, is but they don't have application. It's just head knowledge. And what I love about this is these wise men were actually seeking Christ, the King of the Jews. They recognized the Scripture. They recognized the things that Daniel had pointed them to. And they got on their camels and they came 900 miles to worship God, to worship the Son. And we see in verse 3 it says, When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled. And all Jerusalem with him. So you know when Herod gets mad, somebody's dying. So that, that's why they're troubled. And, and it says, An assembly and all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So we see the, the religious people, the chief priests, and, they, and they're actually the, the, they're the ones that, that are the hardest to win to Christ because they think they're already following Christ. Those are the ones that, that are hypocrites and, and they don't realize that they're following a religion. They're walking in darkness. That's what these chief priests were doing. They were living in, uh, in bondage to sin. They were actually, uh, Jesus called them children of the devil, remember? Because Jesus is going to have to deal with them later on. As he gets older, and, and, and so one of the things we need to remember is that people want to believe what they want to believe so that they can do what they want to do, right? People want to believe what they want to believe so they can do what they want to do, and the religious choice is, is they're choosing to do their will. Religion doesn't want to submit to the authority of Christ, as, as Brian Head Welch said this past weekend, religion sucks. And I was like, yeah, you're right. You're right. It's hypocritical. See, eternity is placed on each of our hearts, and it's a matter of will. It's a matter if we're going to reject Christ or we're going to follow Christ. We can fill that hole up in our hearts with everything, but the only thing that's going to bring satisfaction is Jesus. It can be addictions. It can be position in the world. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. We'll chase after all those. And unfortunately, what happens is we can't fill the vacuum. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11 says, He has made everything beautiful in His time. Also, He has put eternity into man's heart yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. It's that vacuum of, of, of we can't fill it, but the only thing that fills it is Christ. What's sad about this is the religious people could go worship the Messiah, and they were only five to six miles from Bethlehem. They could see Bethlehem from Jerusalem. 
and yet they did not go worship Jesus. That's what the religious do. They talk. They talk. They, they know everything about God, but they don't, they don't live their life for God. Mark chapter 3, verse 6 says, The Pharisees went out and immediately held counsel with the Herodians against him how to destroy him. They're going to deal with Jesus later, and they're going to try to kill Jesus. And Jesus has a word for them in Matthew chapter 23, verse 27 and 28. And this is for anyone who's following religion. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones and uncleanliness. So you also outwardly appear righteous to others, but within you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. You look like a Christian. You talk like a Christian. But inside you, you're unclean. You're dead. Your bones are dead. You're a whitewashed tomb. And that's what the chief priests, their, their response to Jesus was no response. We already know everything we need to know about God. We don't need to see the Messiah. Verse 5 says, They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it was written by the prophet, and, on, and you, O Bethlehem, in the, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers, Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who shepherd my people, Israel. And it's funny, the chief priests knew the word of God. They quoted scripture from Micah 5 2. That's what they did. They just, they, they knew, but, you know, they, they just didn't do anything with it. And that's in Micah 5 2. But you, O Bethlehem, Ephthrop, uh, who are too little to uh, be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me, one who is to be ruler in Israel whose coming forth is uh, from old and from ancient days. And that's hundreds of years later, and, and God ensured the fulfillment of that uh, through his prophecy. And verse 7 says, Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly, and he asserted for, from them what time uh, they, the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go, search diligently for the child, when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. He's not coming to worship him. He's coming to kill him. Because there's only one king of the Jews. That's Herod. The sad part is, is Herod was never Jewish. He wasn't even a Jew. It was a title he gave himself because he took over the area. They wouldn't even allow him in the temple. Those same chief priests. Went allowed in the temple. And he's trying to trick the wise men. Hey, tell me where, they're, where you're going. Tell me what's going on. Didn't care. In verse 9, after listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen, went, went, uh, when it rose, went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Now, very important that you understand, because scientists have tried to figure out what star this is. 
Stars do not go from the east to the west and then reappear and not appear. This is something supernatural that God did. Okay? It's very important that y'all understand that part. And very important that it says His star. His star. You know, you have scientists that will try to name what His star is. That's God, God gave that star to His Son, Jesus. In Exodus chapter 13, verse 21, and it reminds me so much of His glory. Uh, and, and it says, And the Lord went before them day in the pillar of, of a cloud to lead them lead the way, and by night a pillar of fire to give them light so, that, uh, so as they go by day and night. It's the same thing with these wise men. God is leading them to His Son. And they're obedient and following And that's one thing we need to remember is that we're never in the dark. If you're a follower of Christ, you have the light of Christ in you. And there are going to be times when you get shook up and knocked around, but you need to, you need to look to the light, look to Christ. And that's why we went over that verse this past weekend in John chapter 1, verse 14, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. It's a supernatural event. God is leading the wise men. And God wants to lead you with His Word. That's what He left us with. Remember, the Word became flesh. Jesus is the Word. In Psalm 119.105, Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. <laughs> if, if the Bible's the star... Where are you being led? Do you even know where it's at? Right? Some people have dust on their Bible. They don't, if you ask them, well, I don't know where my Bible's at. Most of us have it on our phone, so there's really no excuse anymore. But are you opening it? Are you allowing it to guide you and direct you? Because that's what God's Word is for. If Jesus is the Word... And you want to have a response to Jesus? Open it. Open it. Spend time in it. But don't just be, get the head knowledge like the, like, like the chief priests. They had head knowledge all day long. Apply it. Actually live it out. Verse 11, it says, and, they were, uh, and going into the house, not in a manger, okay? Not in a manger, not in a feeding trough, in a house. They saw the child, Okay? with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Now, very important. Who did they worship? Not Mary. Not Mary. They worshipped him. We're not supposed to worship Mary. I know there's a lot of stuff in the Catholic religion that does that. You're not supposed to worship Mary. You worship him. You worship the Son of God. He's the only gift that we need. And they fell down at His feet. These men were knowledgeable men that were obedient and fell down and worshipped Jesus. The best gift they could... They, <laughs> they got gifts for Jesus, but they're receiving the gift. Right? And that's the thing with knowledge. Knowledge is great. 
But most want to try to create their own way because they, they think they can outthink God. They want to have God their way. A God that makes them healthy, wealthy, and wise. That's what wise men do. Right? Why especially wise men of this world? And, and people that follow the things of this world, they're following Satan. When you choose not to follow God, you're an enemy of God. We're going to talk about that this weekend. Our, our response to Jesus is we should fall at his feet and worship. That's our response. That should be your response every morning. You don't need Christmas to worship God. For, for so many Christians, that's what Christmas is. That's the time I worship God. Easter's the time I worship Christ. No, it's, you do it every day. There should be joy in that as well. Because Jesus saved me. I, I want to follow Him. That means I need to die to myself daily. That's why we have to answer that question, who do you say that I am? The wise man made the right choice. They're like, I'm going to follow the king of the Jews, the Messiah. And then they obeyed God's command. They bring gifts for Jesus in, in verse 11 in that second part. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. The gold was for a king. It's the right gift to give a king. The frankincense was a gift for a priest. In the tree that you actually get the oil or the anointing oil from the frankincense is actually you have to slice the tree. You have to bash it. And then it bleeds out tears like blood. And the beauty of that tree is it can actually grow on solid stone. And Christ is our solid rock, which we stand on. The myrrh is actually for embalming for a body. Because eventually Christ is going to go to the cross. Do you think these gifts, they're just by chance? They're not. There's nothing by chance in the Bible. Nothing. You think God would have had these wise men go 900 miles for nothing? There's a reason. There's a reason. The gold is for his deity and his majesty. The frankincense is for the fragrance of his life and his intercession. And the myrrh is for his sacrifice and death. And again, this is fulfilling a prophecy from 700 years earlier. In Isaiah chapter 6, 60, verse 6. A multitude of camels shall cover you. The young camels of Midian and Ephah and all those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense and shall bring good news, the praises of the Lord. They're going to bring to the babe of, of Bethlehem. And verse 12 says, And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. So the dream, um, the dream is, is a way, 
And I looked that up on the concordance because I was like, I, I know people who get dreams. I've met people that get dreams. But it, it tells you uh, that the dream is actually the word for the Greek, uh, uh, in the Greek is actually a divine communication. It's a divine communication. And they were being obedient to that divine communication. They, they, they did exactly what God told them to do. Don't go back near Herod. Because Herod's got plans for y'all. Right? Go a different way. And so they did it. Verse 13 says, Now when he had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Second dream. And said, Rise. Take the child and his mother and flee uh, to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for, your, for the child to destroy him. And he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt. Now both of them were obedient to the dream. They were obedient to the divine communication that was given. Some of y'all are given things through dreams, through scripture, and yet you won't follow them. God has been trying to, like through prayer, somebody's praying and they go, that's the same thing I was thinking. Or you open the word and you go, man, I know I need to do that. I'm just afraid to take that step of faith. And at the end of the day, God is, is showing us through dreams, through prayer, through, through his word, through uh, uh, someone sharing something with us through Scripture, that, that this is what you're supposed to be doing. And, and it's, at the end of the day, it take, you need to take that step of faith. But see, there's a point with this, is that if you're, if you're expecting blessings, you need to be obedient to God. Because obedience equals blessings. Disobedience equals curses. And there's some people that, that God has been trying to warn and warn and warn, and, and they're in the same place, and they, they're messing with the same people and doing the same things, and they're stubborn as mules. I was. I was. My brother was. My brother, my brother was so hard-headed, he ended up in jail before he came to know Christ. It wasn't until he went to jail that he finally submitted. We talked about getting to the end of yourself. That's, that was his end. Now, he's still walking with the Lord today, and, and he's been sober since. He struggled with the addiction of alcohol. And, and it, to the point where, I mean, he was a functioning alcoholic. Ran an ran a, um, outback. Owned the Outback. Lost the Outback. DUIs. I mean, just one thing after another, and then he finally ended up in jail. Stubborn. Stubborn. But God got a hold of him finally. God may be trying to get a hold of you to try to detour you in a different direction. One of the things we need to do is not do things based on feelings and emotions. We do it based on God's word, based on God's direction. 
And, and that's, that's one of the things. God may be trying to detour you, detour you in a different direction, and you need to do it. Because I love what he says. He already knew they were coming to kill Jesus. Herod, like, like, like you know, like you think you're getting something over on God. Like, oh, God doesn't know it. He doesn't know what's going on over here. He knows. He knows everything. Everything. And he's trying to move and save the wise men and get Joseph and Mary and Jesus out of there. In Egypt, and it's going to fulfill a prophecy again. In, in verse 15, it says, And he remained there until the death of Herod, and this was to, uh, to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet out of Egypt. I called my son. Hosea 11.1 uh, is that verse. When Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. And they fulfilled that prophecy as he goes into Egypt. What does Egypt symbolize? Egypt symbolizes the world. It's the world. And, and that's why when we talk about the high priest, remember we talk about the difficulties and the temptations of the high priest? He was, he was in Egypt. A very corrupt place. And he would have been tempted. Jesus would have been tempted, but yet he never sinned. Verse 16 says, Then Herod, when he saw... And he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious. And this is where it gets dark. And he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and in all that region who were two years old and under, according to the time that had, uh, he had asserted from the wise men. Then was fulfilled that was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard. And Rama, uh, weeping and loud lamentations, Rachel weeping for her children, she refused to be comforted because, they, uh, because they are no more. And that's from Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 15. Again, this is part of the darkest story of Christmas. And yet, it's again a prophecy being fulfilled. And, and when we think about this, and we think about Herod, as we look at Herod's response, what is Herod? Herod is anger and fury wrath fear a little bit of fear because he's afraid he's going to be not the king of the jews anymore and so there's some fear there and what is all that in rebellion to that all wraps into what pride it all comes from it stems from pride and Satan is, is in the middle of all this trying to orchestrate and kill Jesus. And God knew his, uh, that Herod's heart was prideful and rebellious. In James chapter 4, verse 6, But he gives more grace, therefore he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Now, every one of us have a choice to respond the way we respond to Jesus. The chief priests had a choice to respond to him, and they didn't. Herod has a response, and Herod wants to kill him. And unfortunately, we have a lot of people that have that same response about Christmas now. When you start talking about Christ. Jack Hibbs talked about it recently, and I agree with him 100%. When did they close the churches up last time? Easter. What are they doing right now? They're closing the churches in New York and California when? Christmas. 
If you don't think there's an attack on Christ, you need to wake up. You need to wake up. It's happening. Every one of us have a choice to respond to Christ. Paul had it. Peter had it. Paul, uh, John had it. Matthew, Herod, the wise men. You either choose to follow or you're an enemy of God. It's that simple. It doesn't get any more blunt than that, but that's what it says in James chapter 4, verse 4. You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. You choose to follow the world, you're an enemy of God. That's the, that's the sad part of it. So what does that person need? They need the gift of the gospel. Now, we know people that have rejected it. But you've got to keep praying for them. And that's the hard part. Because Lord knows my great-grandmother, the same person who prayed for me, prayed for my two brothers. Now, prayers are answered in different times. It took a lot of years for Richie. It took me 39 years. I think Richie was 44 or 43 years before he came to know the Lord. But people kept praying for us. God never gave up on us. Even though I was an enemy of God, God still loved me. I think that's what that verse in, in Romans 5, 8, if I remember right. I think I got it in here somewhere. Let me find it. When you think you got it, it was right there. It's not. But we know that God first loved us, even though we were an enemy of God. And, and at the end of the day, God loves us. And, and even though we think somebody's too far gone, nobody's too far gone for the Lord. Romans 5, 8, but God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He still loves us. And he wants that relationship with us. And we see Herod, his response is to, to kill the kids. And, and just a side note, and I'm not going to beat this up too much. We kill more, pe more kids in this country by abortion than Herod ever did. It would look like a picnic to what Herod did in one year. More, more kids have been aborted than, than died of COVID. That's the reality. You want to get upset about something? That's what you need to get upset about. And you want to understand why this country is being judged the way it is? Because we've turned our backs as a nation. It doesn't mean that God's not with us individually. But as a nation, we've committed evil. And we have blood on our hands. And so when we read the story of King Herod and we see this dark side of, of Christmas, we need to remember, hey, at the end of the day, America is doing the same thing, and they're still doing it. And not only are they still doing it, they decided, hey, let's go do it in other countries. We'll pay for it in other countries. 
and we can't figure out why we keep going through all this mess that we're going. I almost said the other word. Not that word, but the C-R-A-P one. <laughs> okay, just, I want to make sure I clarify. <laughs> but that's, that's what we see. We need to remember that the enemy, Satan, is, is, and just as Satan was using Herod, Herod's response was to do what? To turn to the world. See, he could have didn't. He could have. He could have worshipped Christ, but he turned to the world. John chapter eight verse forty four says, "You are uh, your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you uh, you want to do." He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand with stand in truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own sources, for he is a liar and the father of it. And throughout his life, Jesus has been dealing with Satan. Satan tries to kill him as an infant. Satan tried to take care of the genealogy. And so Jesus never would show up. Satan goes after him as a, as a baby. Satan tempts him in the wilderness. He goes after his followers. The one thing that we need to know about Herod is he was a descendant of Esau. Now, you're probably going, what, what does that mean? Well, in the Bible, Esau, he was, uh, the Jews despised him because he was a, uh, Esau wasn't allowed in the temple. And, and he, he ordered the most illustrious men of Jew, uh, the Jewish people there, and this is Herod, right? Because um, Esau, what Esau represented, Esau represented the world. And, and, and Herod represented the world. He, all he cared about was earthly things. The, he, his physical cravings, his satisfaction all came from the world. That's, that was Herod. And he was a descendant of Esau. That was what Esau cared about. Esau really didn't care about the godly things. He cared about the worldly things. And it's a warning to us as well that when you decide to reject the Messiah... There's eternal consequences. There's scripture that talks about Esau in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 16 and 17, that no one is sexually immoral or unholy like Esau, who sold his birthright for a single meal. For you know that afterward, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no chance to repent, though he sought saw it with tears you know what a lot of people when they get in trouble they'll cry and cry me a river but there's no change in the heart they don't change there has to be a change in the heart god's grace does not fail but when uh when we can fail to depend on god's grace you'll end up like esau when you stop depending on God's grace for your life, you'll be looking to the world to fix your problems. And, and, and then you end up doing like Herod. Herod's whole life, 1 John 2, 15, verses, uh, chapter 2, verse 15 through 17. Do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the prior life is not from the Father, 
but is from the world, and the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of, the, uh, of God abides forever. Right? Your focus is, is the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eye, the pride of life. That's, you're, you're focused on the things of this world. That's Esau. That's King Herod. They had the Messiah. Herod had the Messiah six miles from him and did not go to worship. The chief priests had the Messiah six miles from him and did not go to worship. And yet the wise man came 900 miles in obedience and fell at his feet. In verse 19 it says, but when, you know what, there's something else in there I just saw too that, that I, I meant to, just an FYI. Verse 17 of, of, of 1 John chapter 2 verse, a little another side note. And the world is passing away along with its desires. Um, you can't save this world. It doesn't matter what mess that we see. They've all the science and stuff that they say they have that they're going to need to try to save this world, and we need climate change and all that stuff. That's all. You can't save it. This is a fallen world. Jesus is going to return, and when He's done, this world will be destroyed. Everything in it will be burned up. Everything. And if you don't believe that, stick with us as we, when we come back in, in uh, the book of Daniel, we'll deal with all of that. And we'll probably jump into a little bit of revelations as we start the new year. Verse 19, but when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph. Again, this is the third dream. When you see things over and over in Scripture, so you, sometimes your dreams... You need to ask God. If it wakes you up, and like you go, what is that? Maybe you need to pray about it. Ask God to help you understand it. Maybe that's how God is trying to reach you. Maybe, maybe you've been in his word, but you're not hearing him. And so he's going to try a dream. It happens. It's a divine connection. Right? So this is the third dream. Now this is the second that Joseph gets saying, Rise, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those who sought, to, uh, sought the child's life are dead. And he rose and took the child and his mother and, and went to the land of Israel. Uh, but when he heard of Achelaus uh, was reigning over Judah in the place of his uh, father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee, and he went, uh, went and lived in the city called Nazareth. And see, all this is happening. These are all prophecies being fulfilled. That was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled that he would, uh, uh, that he would be called a Nazarene. And what did, what did they say uh, about the Nazarene in John chapter 1, verse 46? And Nathaniel said, can anything come out of Nazareth? Jesus did. Right? But I love the fact that Joseph obeys and when we deal with Joseph this weekend uh, on Sunday that's what we'll be dealing with we'll be we'll be dealing with Joseph and and his heart and actually he gets another dream so Joseph is somebody who gets dreams and and that's how God communicates to him so tonight simple application 
We started off in Luke chapter 2, verses uh, 35. It says, so that the, from many hearts may be revealed. So we see that each heart is different, right? The priest, hard heart. Herod, don't want nothing to do with Christ. The wise men fall at his feet. Right? There's a beautiful verse in Joel chapter 2, verse 13. And, and I pray for, for us even tonight, whether you're a follower of his or you're not a follower of his, it's, it's a wonderful verse. It says, And rend your hearts and not your garments. So I, you know, because I, that stood out to me. It's, rend is not a word we use every, every day. Right? Rend means to cut out your heart. Cut out your heart and not your garments. Cut out your sin. Cut out your religion. Cut out the world. Cut out the hypocrisy in your life. Right? And it says, and, and then rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for He is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love, and He relents over disaster. No matter what you're going through. I don't know why that verse, as I was studying, but I can tell you that all of us in, at some point have family members that we love. All of us have friends that I just saw a picture of a friend of mine that is not looking good. His, 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 he has not chosen to follow the world. He's chosen the world and not Christ. And he's on death's doorstep. You can look at him. And he, just, he looks like he's 80 years old. He's my age. You need to rend your hearts. If you go, well, you know what? I, 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 I've... I've had this broken life and I don't know what else to do. I, I, I can't seem to get it together. Psalm 147.3 says, He heals the broken heart and binds up their wounds. He binds up their wounds. He's the great physician. Jesus said that in, in, in Mark chapter 2, verse 17. And when Jesus heard it, He said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick... I came to call the righteous, but sinners. Can I tell you, I, I was sick. I'm still a sinner. And I have to rend my heart out at times. See, God replaces that heart of stone with a heart of flesh. A new heart. New creation. The old is past. So what are you seeking this Christmas? Is it the Christ? But for what reason are you seeking Him? Is it to fall at, at His feet and worship Him? Are you going to ignore Him like the priest? Are you going to try to outthink him like Herod? 
and just choose evil and be an enemy of God? Are you seeking the things of this world? Are you seeking the lust of the flesh? The lust of the eyes, the pride of life? Are you seeking the worldly things this Christmas? Like Herod. Rend your heart out. Cut it out. And follow Christ. And, and whatever that Joel 2.13. If that's you and you need that. Read that every day. Return to the Lord your God. For he is gracious and merciful. There's enough grace for the journey. And then, and then like we've said before, you give grace. As God gives you grace, you give grace out. You give that love back out. Slow to anger. No matter where you're at, no matter what part you're at in your life, God loves you. And all the brokenness, he'll put all those pieces together. Abounding in steadfast love. And he relents over disaster. Even as we see this dark story, Jesus, Jesus survived and, and Jesus saved each one of us. So what are you seeking this Christmas? And then what is your response when you find them? Remember I told you this past weekend, God will reveal himself to you. You just got to ask. But when he does, are you going to follow? Are you going to follow him? Because the chief priest, he was revealed, and he didn't follow. Herod didn't care. And let me tell you, we all know those people. We have those people in our lives. Just keep praying for them. Don't give up on them. Just keep praying for them. Even if you can't minister to them, keep praying for them. Same way my great-grandmother prayed for me. She never knew how any of us turned out. She's with the Lord, worshiping, falling at His feet. But she kept praying until she went home to be with the Lord. Don't give up on people. Thank you so much. That was Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Divine, Texas. Remember, if you need to get more information on the church, you can do that at calvarydivine.org. God bless.